0: What's the vibe, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Running Off the Screen. I'm the man they call Mac, and I am honored to be joined by two of the best, most hardest working men in NBA and Raptors media, a tag team I dub Double Dragon, as Fandiar Baraheni and Samson Folk. How you guys doing? (laughs) I did not see that coming.
1: Double Dragon is a, a very interesting moniker. (laughs) <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i'll take it i'll take any moniker yeah at any point time people just call me whatever you want i'm trying to create a, a digital footprint here yeah.
0: okay <laughs> google google double dragon and tell me you guys couldn't like see someone like photoshopping your faces onto that pose let's
1: see i got now I'm, do now I'm just okay i'm curious <laughs> who's the I'm quickest curious. on the gun let's see double, double, double dragon, dragon.
2: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> okay like the you know video what? game is yeah, that yeah. What we're talking about? okay i got you
1: it's just because you. i was saying i was gonna put him in a calf slicer at the party <laughs> yeah maybe well yeah. that led to it yeah i was like what
0: can i yeah. tie this into
1: <laughs> couple fighters i see it that's yeah. funny
2: you don't know what double dragon is i've never played the game i don't think i have no
0: oh my god I grew is up it, with
2: that. Is this an arcade game? I'm pretty sure this is.
0: Yeah, a- it was an arcade game, and I had it for Nintendo. And uh, yeah, I'm surprised you guys didn't even know about that. Damn.
1: I never played arcade games. Um, I was told they were witchcraft. I grew <laughs> up in a really Christian town. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: anyway. I, shouldn't, but yeah, I shouldn't laugh, but, but uh okay, let's get, let's get this underway. Um, <laughs> you guys attended Raptors Media Day, and you guys asked a great assortment of questions and i was wondering if you guys could break down three or so moments that stood out the most to you throughout the whole experience it couldn't even it might not even be the questions right and most importantly do you feel the blinding bright lights were foreshadowing a bright future ahead for this squad oh and and i'll start with s
2: okay um I mean, wow, the bl- the blinding bright lights. That was, that, I like that. I like that a lot, Mac. Um, the three takeaways I would probably have is that Fred seemed healthy uh, from what he he mentioned and w- how he felt. He seemed a, a lot more healthy and spry, if you will. So that's good heading into this season. Uh, and I think, you know, on top of that, the two things that I, I thought were very interesting from Nick Nurse and crew, like from all of them, it just seemed like they were... Adaptable, if you will, like they seem like they were very flexible and they were looking to kind of change a couple of things, maybe add a couple of layers to what they were doing. Uh, obviously with a couple of additions that they have in auto Porter jr. And Christian Coloco that, that kind of changes a couple of things that they can do adds more depth. And with that, I think they understand that they can probably be a little bit more, you know, flexible and, and versatile in what they do. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that was really mentioned is the whole minutes thing between Siakam and Van Bleet that was brought up a lot and I think there were a lot of reassurances and assurances that hey you know we're gonna take care of that so those are my main takeaways there
0: but yeah do you, do you feel that is a a good way to look at it like just saying that the minutes are gonna go down it's gonna go down do, or do you think we've did enough in the mm-hmm. off season to make that happen
2: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think, you know, with media day, there's always, and I'm learning this too, but it seems like it's just, they want to give the right answer or the answer that, you know, they want people to hear. Um, I think that applies to every NBA team, you know, just going through what everybody else has said. It's it's always, you know, it's first day of school vibes. You want to make sure you leave the best impression and you don't want to say anything that you don't want to you know, walk back. So yeah, they're going to say they're going to play last minutes and then maybe halfway through the season, you know, <laughs> those, those end of bench guys aren't cutting it and you see those guys minutes go back up. But yeah, it's, it's true that, 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 that comment could totally, you know, flip on its head and be something completely different. And Samson.
0: So,
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, I'll address the, the <coughs> minutes thing. So this kind of been my idea of how it will shake out, but if the Raptors find success, what well, it hinges on a couple things. If Maokai Flynn is a guy who can lift up subpar role partners, which he has not been, not even remotely close to this point, which isn't really his fault, that's a big ask of a young player, then they can run some bench minutes that way. They can cut down Fred's minutes that way, even Pascal's to some degree. That's an opportunity there. I don't think that's likely. What seems more likely is that the Raptors lean farther into their no-guard lineups, which last year won a ton of minutes, but were more of a a curveball, a changeup, a knuckleball, whatever, off-speed. And that kind of stuff, they rebounded the hell out of the ball. They didn't let anybody get to the rim, and they created a lot of turnovers, so they got to buoy their offense, the lack of guard skills, you know, shooting, that kind of stuff, with more transition. And so, signing guys like Otto Porter Jr., bringing Thad Young back, Chris Boucher back. Who knows? We'll talk about it later. Obviously, you know what the roster ends up looking like. But of the certified rotation pieces, they they have the they have the guys to run out more of those lineups, and that could be the sell for less Fred minutes. Although it's not, it's less determined if that will lower Pascal's minutes. Does that? Uh, I just have a question here. D-
2: did the massive lineup did that include scotty or not mm-hmm. include scotty it did yeah, right so
1: yeah, yeah it okay. was largely um th- it's typically a four-man lineup that came with the variation on the fifth player and late in the season that variation was that mm-hmm. um earlier on in the season it, it could have been delano or gary you know and gary you know he's still a guard but they were still playing that similar size yeah. and uh but it was typically boucher achua Pascal and and Scotty and then so the um, well anyway yeah the funky fest quartet as it were Um, my big takeaways it was interesting that the same way that we talk about each other when we do our work we want to uplift each other and we were like hey these guys do good work hell yeah Uh, the Raptors did a lot of big upping to coaches to players you know teammates all that kind of stuff and Gary didn't get a mention from anybody. Now, that could be nothing. It absolutely could be nothing. But this has been not even just Media Day, but end-of-season press conferences and stuff like that, where Masai does not mention Gary in the nucleus, in the future plans. Nick Nurse didn't talk about it. Oh, like OG's not talking about Gary the way and Scotty isn't talking about Gary, the way that OG and Scotty talk about each other. Pascal's talking about Fred. Fred's talking about Pascal. You know, is talking about Precious. Gary got left out of all of that kind of stuff. And that doesn't have to mean anything because Gary doesn't do much talking in media anyway. He's pretty just, he's trying to keep it to one line. He's trying to get out of there mostly. And maybe that's the players respecting his. They're just like, hey, maybe he doesn't want to be talked about. Who knows? That was interesting. Uh, Another interesting thing was probably that, like, yeah, media day, something everybody learns is that there's, you're not going to get exactly what you want out of it, and that's why I think a lot of the the better questions can be kind of like the fun fluff stuff, like, hey, who gets the ox court? You know, like, tell us who has mm-hmm. the worst taste in music, because you know I I come off like a head ass when I'm like, hey Pascal, how much pick and roll do you run? And he's like, uh, I don't know, like I'm just trying to get better, and it's you know it's I'm not I'm not getting the answer I want, and he's not getting the question he wants at that point in the press conference or anything like that. And then thirdly, yeah, the minutes is probably interesting because there are some avenues to success for that. But Nick Nurse did not feel like he wanted to divulge any of his plans for it. Just like, hey, yeah. I'll play him less. Does that make you happy? Which was a funny answer. But uh, he's not. He kept saying new ideas. He He's like, yeah, we're going to incorporate some new
2: ideas. You know, we have a couple of new ideas and we like that. And then Fred said, hey, you know, we have new ideas. We have new things we want to do. It's like, uh, OK, but I guess we'll just believe in things and ideas, you know. But
1: (laughs) Yeah, man, that's everybody wants you just to say that things are coming, not to be specific. You know, it's like, yeah, it could be anything, you know, it could be a boat, whatever, like that old joke, you know.
0: So you guys, you guys don't have the faith in Pro-Am Flim. Or I know almost every other podcast I do, I kinda poke at him. But I feel like this is the best opportunity he's ever gonna get, right? Like at this point, we need that backup point who can score, who can break down defenders. Uh in college he was good he was a good defender, good in the pick and roll. And now that we have a natural big, you don't think that this is his like isn't this like served up on a platter for him at this point?
1: Well this are we expecting a rookie big man who wasn't an outstanding roller in college? That doesn't mean he was bad in college. It's just that wasn't one of the major features of his game. Yeah. To be the player who makes the difference for Malachi Flynn, I don't. I don't think it's a referendum on either of them that that won't be the answer. But that I just don't really see that as the answer, which is tough because Malachi definitely has all the skills. He he plays good enough defense at the guard position to be in the NBA. It just seems like the Raptors aren't interested in being kind of like the incubator for his skills. They yeah. want him to fit in with them, despite him not having the same inherent advantages physically that a lot of the guys at the back end of the bench do. And that he doesn't have help in the form of a, a good roller or anything like that. Maybe, maybe he developed something with that, but that short roll stuff is a lot more dependent on shooting because you get a guy in the middle of the floor and you play those cat and mouse games where it's shooting or cutting from the baseline and stuff like that but if it's Delano Banton on the wing on a bench lineup why would why would the defender ever cheat out there like he can just hang in and you can just be facing two guys in the paint on the short roll instead of one and you know maybe a guy cutting in or having space to shoot and all that kind of stuff so Uh, other developments have to happen on the roster outside of Malachi because I don't think he's so good that he can transform other dudes basically I don't mean to like poo poo on him I think he's an NBA level player it's just he's in a tough spot
2: I hate to psychoanalyze and I don't want to but (laughs) I, I really don't want to it's gonna be the worst thing but like a lot of shooting does come with confidence um and I think that isn't displayed often with him again it's gonna sound like i'm psychoanalyzing but it doesn't seem like the pull-up shooting has translated it hasn't translated um and i think the the shooting in general like samson mentioned is something that just opens up so much more for him that's why in the pro-ams you see him cooking so much (laughs) is because his jumper is is opening up so many different opportunities for him to do other things yes it's a pro-am but like there's still that idea of what he can bring on the basketball court and it's it it really is dependent on that jump shot. If that jump shot isn't hitting and he can't get it to a sustainable level then you know a lot of the pick and roll things, a lot of the finding a guy who can be a roller for you, that's negated at that point because it doesn't matter if the if the shooting doesn't translate which it hasn't. Um and I don't know. I don't know if that's going to kind of just flip a switch in year 3 and it completely changes and he's you know, maybe with a more consistent role, you know, maybe that's been the issue over the last couple of years. Obviously him being in and out of the lineup, not getting minutes here and there, something more consistent could probably help with that confidence and getting his shot to a a, a respectable level. But I don't I'm not sure. I I, I don't think I don't think that's that's going to happen. And like Samson said, I, I do think he's an NBA guy, but it's just the situation and, and the context of what the Raptors are right now. So
0: so, so at this point, is Delano Banton ahead of him, as far as your depth chart for a backup point? Like, how do you rank them right now? Mm. I don't, I don't I'll think they.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't even think they kind of like look at it as like those are the two guards that we're gonna throw behind Fred. I think they probably think, look, like lead ball handlers. Who do we have? We have Fred. Yeah. We have Pascal. We have Scotty. Um, how can Fred carry lineups? How can Pascal be the ball handler in a couple of lineups? How can Scotty be the ball handler, the primary guy, the initiator in a couple of lineups? So I think it's those guys. And then after that, it's like, okay, cool. Delano can carry the rock a little bit. Malachi can carry the rock a little bit. So there's a pecking order that's even ahead of them. Like, I don't, I don't think Malachi and Delano will get those type of reps. I think the key thing with Delano and me and Samson have talked about this, um, off ball, but it's like him being more of an off ball guy you know yeah. like quote unquote <laughs> i'm gonna use a samson term here punching gaps <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, attacking closeouts no seriously though like him him attacking closeouts uh off ball is probably like the way to go for delano trajectory wise and if he can get to that level where he's you know being a guy who consistently applies pressure to the rim i i think that's the way to go for delano it's not really being that Ball handler, pick and roll initiator type. I don't I don't think that projects well for him like just moving forward in his career. So,
0: so you so you think Delano's more Kyle Anderson than a Sean Livingston at this point? Remember rookie Sean Livingston? He he was a straight up point guard pick and rolls. Yeah. But Kyle Anderson's more of that connector. He can be in the high post, he give him the ball, he'll he'll put pass it out quick and keep the ball moving. So you don't think yeah. um Delano's like a a traditional a point. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't,
2: I don't think so, no. But I mean, it's it's also weird because I don't think he's I don't think he's necessarily slow mo either. Um, I think he brings a certain level of athleticism that slow mo doesn't have. Yeah. yeah. Um, in just the sense that like he's like a gazelle in transition, and he knows how to run and kind of like fill a fill a lane. So there's there's certain things that he can do that slow mo can't. But then on the other side, Kyle Anderson is probably a better playmaker. A you know a more Concise connector, if you will, right now. Maybe Delano gets there, but I, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sold on that. I'm excited for Delano's season, to be honest with you. And I think I'm a little bit more, quote unquote, high on Delano than than Malachi, just because I think he has more skills off of the ball than what Malachi might be able to do. I, I think Malachi is is he needs a screen, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, you need a couple of partners who can do that for you and, and roll hard and be a good short roller and etc cetera, etc cetera. and it's just you know it's too reliant on the other guys where Delano can can kind of I don't know how to explain it really in a way that that makes sense to me but Delano can kind of just fit in a lot better with the
1: system than what Malachi can so my worry typically with Delano and like he's, he's on a partially guaranteed contract none of that has been confirmed yeah the Raptors were you know, it's Delano was playing against sub NBA level talent. Like Nurse wasn't with Team Canada. N- none of the big guys were. Everybody left, but Delano stayed behind because Delano. It seems it's quite apparent that he sees the Raptors' depth chart. He saw that Thad found his niche, one minutes in it. That they added Otto Porter Jr., who is obviously a winning player, obviously a part of the rotation. And Delano was a guy who last year got touches because the Raptors were thin. I think the Raptors ideally probably would have just had Delano fully 905. Like a guy just working on his game consistently. And Because when the Raptors gave Delano the ball, you know, if it wasn't in transition, it was a train wreck. Like he cannot create advantage. He doesn't have a shot to bring hard closeouts so that when he puts the ball on the floor, he has like a step towards the paint and like his, you know, his extra bit of handle to use the extra dribble to move the defense a little bit more or his passing flair can kind of pop off. He he also had some nice finishes in, tra- in transition in traffic as well. But seeing guys like Thad and Otto come on and that this Raptors team will want, especially after last season, Fred went from being one of the best shooters in the league, truly like a top five guy to his body breaking down because of minutes, because of load, to where he couldn't even impact the playoff series, right? And th- that's not even to mention the defensive end. The Raptors want to win those minutes so they can rest their guys. Delano has to either A, B, like much better defensively at the point of attack as an off-ball guy so that he can be more effective than a guy like Thad, than a guy like Otto Porter Jr. That's tough. And Thad, they run so much like dribble handoff, delay action through him. He's such a great connective piece. He even hits the corner three like he's such an obvious fit and same with Otto porter jr right like this stuff is so intuitive to play those guys and delano it's not as easy to make this raptors team as it was to make last year's and delano needs to make a jump to really get his foot in the door again because it's not as like the the raptors very clearly are are more interested like scotty sped up the timeline pascal got all nba again fred at his best was an all-star you you have to hit the like the go button on that team, and Delano, unless he improves, isn't part of that go. So we need I, I need to see him in training camp. Well, I won't see him in training camp. Aiden Moss we'll call him. <laughs> Republic, we'll see him in training camp. Um, but we need to see the preseason. We need to see how that goes and all that kind of stuff. But he definitely has an inside track for sure because he's you know he's from Toronto. People love him. He has the measurements. He wants to push pace, all that kind of stuff. I'm being long-winded now, but yeah, I'm I'm very curious to see how things shake out for Delano. I'll
2: just, I'll add this real quick. I think like nurse is still going to run a tight rotation also so being able to crack that rotation is to Samson's point going to be a lot harder I've said this anytime I've been asked but it's like the Raptors will probably play nine guys nine and a half maybe um you know just depending on like if Malachi or Delano can play some spot minutes for you but it's nine guys really um and I don't think like Samson said those guys are going to develop the specific skills necessary to be a part of that nine um and like does it make sense to play them over any of those guys it's That's a good question to ask because it's probably not.
0: Yeah, that's we're at a tough point in the year. Somebody's heart's going to be broken by the end of preseason. Right. And uh, training camp is underway. Like we mentioned, preseason is around the corner. And, you know, this competitive warlike survival instincts is going to be at an all time high. So I'm curious out of Delano Banton, Justin Champagny, DJ Wilson, Gabe Brown, Josh Jackson, who do you guys feel will make the final roster? And I left Wancho out of that list because, because of his guarantee, I don't. I just, I think he has like a substantial yeah. head start, you know. Uh, so let's get back to those names I mentioned. Like, who do you think will make the final roster? And I'll start with Samson.
1: Yeah, and just to, to your point, like Nick and Pascal both talked about Wancho as well as part of the situation the Raptors have going on. So that adds some some credence to your thoughts but the guarantee obviously is pretty huge so I would I would expect Justin Champagne to hang around he has despite being a little bit smaller in stature I think he's six foot six instead of like you know he's on the smaller end of the Raptors big wings but he also plays quite a bit bigger he's he's very very sturdy at his size he's able to impact the boards a lot he scaled up his three-point shooting in a pinch and did it at a really high level. We didn't really see it in Summer League, but Summer League is such a wash. I think that G League games are a better indicator of where a guy's at than Summer League, and Justin Champagny was too good for the G League, and I expect him to be good enough to make a a Raptors roster. DJ Wilson is also a guy who's too good for the G League, but he's not the offensive rebounder that Justin Champagny is. He hasn't been able to ramp up his three-point shooting that way that Justin Champagny has, and, you know, his technique defensively, probably he's been around for a lot longer than Justin Champenny has, so why would people bet on that? Josh Jackson, I don't think he has really a shot. If, if he shoots the hell out of the ball, then there you go. But he has the least confidence I've ever seen given to a player. Like, the Exhibit 9 contract is not... That means that the Raptors don't have to pay him if he gets injured. Like, Gabe Brown, if he gets injured at yeah. camp the raptors have to pay him and keep him on roster until he's healthy the exhibit 9 that josh that josh jackson signed no such protections like it's it's a non-guaranteed with another non guaranteed tagged on it like that's that's a flyer if i've ever seen one yeah. um gabe brown i hope he ends up on the 905 i think he's like his his shot that lefty stroke is pretty nice uh, talked about punching gaps. I think that there's some potential that he can do that at the 905, maybe at the NBA level. And he's also he's got the size to hang. Um, who, who else am I missing there? Am I missing anybody? Uh, Delano, I think, Delano, I guess. Yeah, I think Delano. Delano. will factor in somehow. I'm not. I'm not sure exactly what it looks like, but yeah, it's a toss up between Champagne and Delano to me between who's kind of hanging and who's willing to do 905 or if they try their luck with another team at some point i'm not really sure
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um yeah i i kind of agree uh i don't think josh like unless josh jackson goes absolutely nuclear in training camp like hits every single three possible (laughs) um then I, i don't i don't think that that's gonna happen um, the thing with DJ Wilson for me is that it would it would give a certain level of redundancy with the roster. I mean, you just have too many guys who are, in my opinion, like these slow, clunky, big man type in, in him and Cam. I think that's probably a little bit too redundant. And I think he doesn't do the stuff that Cam does as well as Kem does. So if you have a guy mm-hmm. like that already, you probably just don't need a DJ Wilson. Although I do think uh, DJ is probably good enough to end up on another roster, um, even when he was gone from the Raptors last year. I believe it was OKC, if I'm not wrong. He was playing on on OKC. Um so, yeah, he's definitely going to end up on a roster somewhere. And on top of that, I think just Sh- Champagne is is the guy in my opinion of this like of this little bunch that has the best chance to crack the rotation just because of the way the Raptors like to play and he is this offensive rebounding machine from for the size that he is he's this like samson mentioned a 6'6 guy who's probably a little bit smaller but he can he can rebound the hell out of the ball and the raptors that's obviously a really important part of what they do uh if he can just give you a couple of minutes here and there maybe he's that half that i was talking about in the nine and a half man rotation like that could possibly happen by the end of the season so yeah i think i think champagne has the edge here uh and if i think you know we've all talked about it but i'd imagine delano also makes the roster so
0: yeah yeah, I, I think I, I have the same two as well, Delano and Champagne, And I think also the continuity aspect out of, of it, too, is a major factor. Uh, it's pretty clear that this season, I think one of you mentioned it before, this season is one where the Raptors just want to hit the ground running. No experiments, you know, uh, no growing pains. They just want to get it and go. So the best way to do that is get people who are, are in your system. They understand what you want, what what's needed of them and people who excel in their roles and i think delano and champagne bring that now a dark horse for me would be gabe brown of course because who, who wouldn't want more shooting and he gives me like a cj miles-esque demeanor to his play style it's the lefty jumper yeah the, the, <laughs> and, and they have the same form too like it's pretty similar yeah. yes might i
1: add that i think that it's a possibility that the Raptors could shake up their their two way situation, and we could see um, Gabe Brown on the two way instead of Ron Harper Jr. That's a good
0: point. So who who's there. out who's out in the two way Oh, Ron Harper Jr. You said.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I I would I it would be more believable to see Jeff Delton and Gabe Brown than um, Gabe Brown and Ron Harper Jr. In my opinion, but you know, they, also with that stuff, if they don't feel that great about either guy. Because two ways are so, you know, it might it might come down to like whoever's organizing the nine hundred five. Who do they like better at the G League level? Because they yeah. want to win games there too. Exactly. Like if Jeff Delton is a guy, they say, man, Jeff Doughton is going to, you know, beast and feast as a ball handler at the G League level. We'd love to have a guy like that. He also defended really well at the G League level last year too. So. Bubble MVP. Right. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe if they're like, hey, that guy can do that ron harper jr is maybe a bit more of an unknown and you know the shot isn't popping off the way they want it to or whatever like ron harper who knows what happens but yeah that that's a i think that's a a possibility as well
0: it's a good point okay so in this next topic i would like to hear your thought process as a coach you know i'm gonna map out a game scenario for you (laughs) For you, Sam- just to... Samson's <laughs> going
2: to dust me in this, but it's OK. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> We're going to break down. Uh, I'm going to give you a lineup, like a breakdown. And you're going to have to like drop, play a lineup and just lead your team to victory. And I want people in the comments to join in as well. If you've made it as far through the in, into the episode, listen to the stipulations and then make your lineup. So <clears throat> it goes as follows. We're in Game 7 of the NBA Finals in a rematch against the Golden State Warriors. You are the lead assistant for the Toronto Raptors. Nick Nurse has been ejected from the game, and you are tasked to run the team. There are 10 seconds left in the game. You are down two points and get the possession at the half, uh, at half court, after the timeout. Now, Pascal and Fred have fouled out. (laughs) (laughs) Draymond has five fouls. Steph has five fouls. No other Warriors are in foul tr- trouble. So it's Curry, Poole, Thompson, Wiggins, and Green on the court defending. Who is in your final lineup? And what is the play call? And what player gets the final shot? And we'll start with S. But uh, if you want me to repeat anything, let me know. No, lot-
2: okay. So so just, just for clarity's sake, uh, 10 seconds left, right? Yes. Down to mm-hmm. Game 7 of the NBA Finals. Pascal fouled out. Fred fouled out. Yes, you got uh what is it pool wiggins pretty much the the warriors death lineup right yeah, yes okay um okay let me see what i can do let me see what kind of magic we can work here so i'd go i think you'd have to keep scotty and og on there absolutely those are the locks for me um i think in terms of shot making you'd probably want gary in there as well because, you know, 10 seconds left, you got to you got to be able to, to get a shot off. And maybe Gary can pull one of his one of his highly contested shots <laughs> out of there. Um, and I think from there, you probably go precious. I'd, I'd have to just because maybe there's an opening and, you know, his size and athleticism can get him to the rim in a, in a quick little punch. Let me see what else. And that's four guys. Right. Who else would I have as the fifth guy? Chris Boucher. Nice. Christopher Christopher Boucher for sure I think uh, in terms of who gets the final shot and I guarantee you Samson is gonna come up with some next type of play that is just gonna blow what I want to do out there but I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a very very simple um, pick and roll if you will but it, it, it wouldn't be um, it would ah, damn actually I don't know if I want to do a pick and roll with Scotty let's let's do this actually a dribble handoff that's nice. what I would do. I would set up a dribble handoff at the top of the key. Let's go, Scotty, and OG, with OG as the screener. Uh, actually, as with with uh, with Scotty as the guy handing it off, right? And then we'll see what happens. Let's let's see what the play you know kind of transpires from there. So it would be dribble handoff, Scotty and OG. Whoever gets a shot, go for it, and you know see if you can find a guy open and go from there.
0: That I is, like that. So do amazing. you think? Oops. Sorry, I got too excited. But do you <laughs> think um, Steph Curry would be on Scotty Barnes in that situation? Or do you they think would they would probably, tuck him away on um, Gary? No, they'd hide,
2: him, they'd hide him on Gary, yeah. They would probably hide him on Gary. Like Gary probably be camped out in the corner. And then what you do is... Like, I mean, Draymond has five fouls, so maybe you just go straight to the rim and hope they call a foul on a multiple-time defensive player of the year in the NBA Finals <laughs> in Game 7. But... <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, one player of the year but i doubt it i, I doubt that's uh that they call the foul in that moment but yeah i think i think like a dribble handoff with scotty and og uh scotty obviously like having the burst to be able to to get to the rim if necessary and if you do like a fake dho then you know you can get to the rim that way i doubt they'd fall for the fake dho there they probably just switch and you know deal with the circumstances but yeah i think that's how that's how i go samson let's uh,
0: <laughs> honestly no sorry honestly when i was writing up that question my first thought was fake DHO with Scotty and and uh, OG. That was oh, my yeah. first thing, yeah. And then if 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 Gary ends up being open in the corner because they're coming to help, that right, they go- yeah. just shot,
2: yeah. Yeah. See, see, this is this is the why JV it's probably,
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. The JV play, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But this is this is probably why um, it wouldn't work because it's the first play everybody would think about. So Steve Kerr's got a counter for that and turnover. Ra- Warriors
1: win. But anyways, <laughs> Samson, go ahead. Okay so the five man lineup is OG Scotty Precious Boucher and Garrett. And so Precious and Boucher are below the free throw line. That much seems clear to me. You can put them in the corner if you want, but I'd probably put Boucher in the corner tell him to crash the grass the glass like hell. I would put Precious in the dunker spot on the weak side and that's so and I would put OG in the opposite corner. And so that's, you can run, and actually, just to plug up the piece that c- came out today, I had the, <laughs> the plays where, you know, Scotty with either Fred or Gary was running the, the ghost the ghost screen play. That, yeah, yeah. The 1-4 ghost screen or 4-1 ghost screen that they run with Pascal that they ran with Scotty. And so you can do a couple of things with Gary down the stretch. The Raptors have tried it last season where they did like, you know, you inbound to Pascal. Pascal's above the break. You run some of that DHO action. Gary comes over the top. And typically he gets a switch and Gary is going to have to try and either get to the rim against the big, which is typically a bad idea. We saw it fail against Joel Embiid, or try and make a shot. And that's as good a chance as anything, really. Gary taking a jumper, if he's on a like on a heater, maybe you win the game. We've seen that happen before. Yeah. But what I what I do for sure is I try and get the ball to Scotty off the inbounds. You know, you curl up. Into open space, he gets it there and brings it to the the far side from where you inbound it. Mm-hmm. Run that ghost that ghost play with Gary. If Gary's open, then hell yeah. As we said though, somebody's gonna try and hide on Gary. So either Scotty is going to get the edge because he has a screen and there's that mis- there's typically that halt that the defenders are there, or they're gonna switch one of pool. Or Curry on the Scotty. And in that case, let's... Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah Like yeah, Scotty, it's his ability to get into the paint where whatever Draymond is doing lurking, he's probably going to be guarding OG. OG is an incredible cutter. If Draymond comes up, Precious, Boucher, OG are crashing glass if that shot goes up. And if not, they're cutting behind Green and Barnes with a guard on him can pick out a pass yeah in my opinion yeah. i think that would be good if scotty doesn't like the let's say they they don't switch the action maybe they switch the action he doesn't like what's looking i put precious to come out onto og's guy and a pin down for og to come up to get the ball to either take a shot or to curl and try and get something at the basket that's my draw up play so I, I i i think getting
2: gary's man involved is the way to go um and that's because obviously they're going to hide someone on him. Uh, and if like, yeah, damn it. Now I <laughs> want it. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. God. So you would
1: rather give there's a, a bunch, d- bunch d- of different ways to skin a cat. Yeah, you know, know, like, I know. I, mean, I know. I know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I, I would probably do that. Like, I mean, at least the way Samson explained it, it makes so much sense. But
1: um, I don't you know. know. Would I think be the best is what? if it could be game six. The ball comes to Pascal. And he's guarded one-on-one by Draymond. He's
0: like, eh. Oh, again? Uh, yeah. the, the, the Euro? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little mean,
1: You know, <laughs> don't, you don't change things until you have to change things. But obviously, it's fouled out. But yeah, I just wanted to bring up that Pascal <laughs> is a game winner in the finals, people. Yeah. Can we acknowledge that, please?
0: They don't <laughs> talk about that enough. That should be on like NBA like, reels, you know?
1: Yes, dude. Oh, man.
0: Man, that was an amazing answer by both of you. So, to, to sum it up. As said, get get uh, Scotty Barnes going downhill.
2: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it, it's an action involving Scotty and OG, and I think that's that's the way I would do it. But yeah, yeah.
0: see, I like I like that take because you could draw a foul, you could find an open guy because he has a good vision, and then Samson's saying, whoever has the weakest defender on them, give him the shot. Most likely, it's going to be Gary. Is that? More or less,
1: what you yeah, like nice little we, nice we, little ghost screen. Both, yeah, we both <laughs> wanted Scotty to be able to get downhill as an option because yeah. any, anytime you're running a screening action, it means that the guy on ball is option number one. Like a, that's the rule of thumb for anything except for John Stockton, but nobody likes John Stockton anyway. So yeah, you want to get Scotty downhill. Me and me and S are thinking the same thing there. We just went a little bit different about secondary uh, how you how you get that other guy open um
2: i i think the other way would be like maybe you run something with gary um and have him be like maybe you maybe you run a pin down for gary like is that another option there that you can run i don't know if that's necessarily what i'd do because like catch and shoot gary is is different than you know pull up 35 feet out gary but i don't know i don't know now i'm just spitballing here but
0: yeah Perfect. So I think this is the last segment. Final final topic. And it was inspired by a podcast I listened to called Pick a Side Podcast. And they do a segment called Would You Rather? Where they pick a player and then they name a list of players to compare them to. And then you select who's better out of the two. And I figure we do a Raptors inspired version. OK, so what we'll do is I'll, I'll say the name, say the two names and then we'll go S will give his answer and then Samson will give his answer and we'll go like that. And then if you guys want to provide an explanation, go ahead. OK, so okay. <laughs> so the first name on the list is Fred Van Vliet. So would you rather Fred Van Vliet or Darius Garland? Fred, oh fuck! Oh God, uh, wait, Are we are we
2: just doing? Are we just doing right now? Like current? yeah, every,
0: everything yeah. is current. Yeah, everything's current.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah give me Darius Garland. Yeah, give me Darius Garland. I know it
1: sucks. It sucks. <laughs> okay, Samson. This year, let me take Fred, uh, yeah. just because of the defense. Honestly, like, yeah, and right. also because the Raptors. So Darius Garland is one of the best pick and roll engines in the NBA. But also, uh, that hinges a little bit somewhat on who his bigs are. I, and I don't mean that to say that he's reliant on his bigs. I just mean that to say that he definitely wouldn't have the same options available to him spamming the pick and roll, you know, with the Raptors or whatever. So, if this is Raptor-centric, uh, let me keep Fred and let Fred be the insane off-ball shooter more often this year next to guys like Scotty and Pascal and all that going on. So,
2: yeah. Are we Are close. we all- are we picking them in the context of the Raptors this year? Like, if we were just swap these two players? Yes, yes. Okay, then then my answer would change.
0: Okay. So, okay.
2: The, the, then my answer would change, but the player that I would pick if you just tell me, hey, tomorrow you have to pick a, you have to make a team, I'm picking Darius Garland. But yeah.
0: Okay, makes sense. Okay, next one: Fred Van Vliet or Jamal Murray. I
2: think I would still go Fred in this situation. Um, I, I like Jamal. I, I think he is a very good like you know he can get to his shots. Uh, he's very good at like snaking the pick and roll and like with Jokic, he's he's very very adept at like playing that two man game with him. It's really fun to watch. Um, but again, like I don't I don't know if it would work as well as a guy like Fred would. Playing off ball, being your pick and roll guy as well, doing a little bit of the on ball duties. So yeah, I, I would I would pick Fred in that situation. See, now it's it's changed for me. Now like the the whole context of the situation has changed because we're picking <laughs> him and swapping him into what the Raptors are
1: today. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm taking Jamal, dude. Uh, I like it. I think Jamal. He was now Lewis Dasman was very early before Fred got the NBA Finals vote. Before Fred was even in the starting lineup. He proclaimed in a 2019 article that Fred VanVleet was an all-NBA-level defender. Pretty good. Pretty good call. He was also doing something similar with Jamal Murray uh, before the bubble, before everything went sideways for his career, those injuries. Jamal, getting to that jumper, the way he can play off of bigs who can pass and his defensive utility, I I would take Jamal, you know, with the understanding that he's healthy. I, I think Jamal is fantastic, so yeah, I would take Jamal. Does that's Jamal situation.
2: crack top thirty this
1: year? Uh, uh, that's this is a different conversation. But if he has a healthy year, he absolutely could. Yeah, like, I, I could, I could see him just drowning dudes in buckets with with Jokic. Like Jokic yeah. has been compla- Like the 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 Nuggets had bad spacing last year. Relative to a lot of teams, Jokic was working out of a closet the same way that a few other NBA players were and murray nice if he's yeah if, if murray <laughs> if murray is back to being that dude it's like the closet is now you know like a basketball court yeah. it's just there's a lot
0: i mean and they have michael porter jr they're lurking too yeah we yeah, gotta and, see about him dude yeah, yeah. He, yeah that back okay next one <clears throat> fred van vliet drew holiday
2: Okay, for this one, I will very easily say Fred Van Vliet. Um <laughs> Piece of
1: cake, yeah. yeah. So let me slam that with this.
2: Yeah, yeah I think, uh, look, they're they're. I guess they're similar in the sense that they're like two-way, um, bully, like very sturdy point of attack guards that just can defend the heck out of the ball. Um, but I just, I like what Fred does more offensively than what Drew does. Uh, and I think def- the defense is comparable
1: in my opinion. So I'll go Fred. Yeah, I think if Giannis got to play like six games with Fred, he'd be like, there you go. Like, that's yeah. real nice. I like what you do shooting that thing. <laughs> you no, know? I think that would be the case. Yeah. yeah. Not, not to say that Drew is bad. Drew is still very good. I just think that Fred clears for yeah. sure.
0: Okay. So, Fred Van Vliet, Tyrese Halliburton.
1: I'm still taking Fred. Yeah. Tyrese? Yeah, yeah, Curtis oh, yeah. is just going to lose a, like Tyrese whatever in the future, but he's just going to lose a bunch of games this year. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah, and like and I don't think uh I don't think he's like he's a, he can project to be a good defender. Uh and I think he will inevitably be a good defender just cuz he's long um and you know, he has that big ass wingspan, but I don't know. I I think Fred is very clearly the better defender and very clearly the better offensive
0: player. Okay, yeah. uh, Fred Fred Van Vliet or Shea Gilgis Alexander? Thank you.
1: <sighs> yeah, Shay okay. Shea, yeah. Shea is, is Shea. an MVP in a few years. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> okay. please give me a healthy
2: Shea. season. <laughs> just one, <laughs> just one healthy season. I just need him out of the out of the grasps of the Thunder and onto a team that is trying to win some basketball games.
0: Can you imagine they trade him and all of a sudden he never gets injured again. <laughs> it's like That'd a curse awesome over there dude, yeah the
1: raptors dude let him be healthy over here you yeah even, you know what you can even take some games off dude you know yeah <laughs> load management relax, dude. like kick okay. back i know nba players love to go to cactus club take an extra night off there do whatever you want to <laughs> do man okay, next player not a good spot i
2: don't know why i don't know why people like cactus club by the way it's not food's not even that great but anyways continue.
0: <laughs> uh gary trent jr is the next name here Gary Trent or Marcus Smart?
2: Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart very easily. Yeah, That's a piece of cake
1: for me,
0: yeah.
2: dude. Yeah. Like, not. it's not even close, by the way. You know? I, but, yeah.
1: Can you imagine Marcus easy. Smart on these Raptors? Oh
0: my,
2: oh, my goodness.
1: Days. Yeah. That would be incredible.
0: Okay. Gary Trent like, or Ty and and Oh, they'd, sorry. Go ahead.
1: would love them too, because, like. They He's would gritty. Have the the Kyle Lowry thing again. where yeah, uh, yeah. this guy is an insane person, but in the best way possible. <laughs> when you're cheering for him, I've, I've said this a million times, but like
2: Raptors fans would love Marcus Smart if he was a Raptor.
1: Like, Kyle absolutely Lowry adore him. Tried to crawl through George's legs. <laughs> the only other player in the NBA who would try something so unabashed is Marcus weird. Smart. Hundred
0: <laughs> yeah. percent. Okay, a uh, little bit more of an offensive player here then. Gary Trent Jr. or Tyler Hero?
2: Hero. I go Hero. I, I think I think Hero is, uh, he's already gotten better as a playmaker. Uh, and I think he is better as a playmaker than Gary. I don't see that happening with Gary. Maybe it does, but I, I don't see that happening. I think his pick and roll playmaking is, is a lot better in that sense. Um, I think the shooting is also, in my opinion, a little bit better. I think he's just a better score. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think Trent is a little bit overrated. I don't think Hero is that great, but it's not like it's super, super it's not that big of a difference is what I'm saying on the defensive end. so
1: i'm I'm going Tyler. Yeah. yeah, in my mind, Gary's a better defender, but I also do think that Gary has more cash as a defender because of steel numbers and because of deflection numbers and the numbers about gambles and the points that they lead to aren't publicly accessible the way that deflection numbers and steel numbers are so but i do think gary had a marginally positive defensive season which is a big deal and it's much better than hero as far as that goes but hero was a guy when i watched the raptors playoffs last year and i see how gary when the defense shifts to pascal and the ball comes to him how it's It's either the catch and shoot, if enough space was created, or it's like a pump and into the mid-range, and it just ends there, because Gary's not creating looks for others from that point, and he's also not going to be able to go to the rim. Hero is a guy who will zig and zag into the paint, create laydowns for bigs, make a pass to the corner, like a little skip pass. Not that that's the end-all, be-all of playmaking, but it's a nice little feature, and He can run the pick and roll dude like and he'll use the extra dribble he'll he'll draw the drop defender up he'll throw a lob but it's just there's way more offensive utility there i think and gary definitely as far as you know the where toughness and percentages overlap he probably had a better shooting season than hero but i think hero there's just so much utility in his shooting and roughly the same amount in conventional sense in a a conventional sense as as gary as well so i'd go with hero
2: i also think there's ways to engage uh hero on defense to make him better than what he is i think like the on ball stuff is completely fair and he could get bullied but i think off ball especially with the way that the raptors like to play this read and react chaotic type of defense there's no reason for hero to not have i guess a similar type of uh, defensive season to Gary you know what I mean so yeah. but yeah
0: okay the good thing you said defense again because we have Gary Trent or Herb Jones
1: that's a really great call. like that's those two players I've never heard them spoken in the have yeah, very different that's types of really players cool.
2: Uh, so so i guess we're just saying for this season because we're not projecting
1: forward into what? like who you know they are well, as a I'll, player I'll, yeah. I'll say this yeah i'm i'm the guy saying that they should start precious instead of gary i'd be an ass if i didn't take herb instead of gary and yeah. you know using the same like well he'll shoot some of the time he can attack a close out and get to the rim and he's incredible on defense yeah i think i would have to take herb jones over gary this, this sounds like a bloodbath for Gary, dude. Yeah, I'm yeah. looking. Oh,
2: he's getting swept. It's not, it's, not looking t- it's not looking good. I So I think I would still take Gary if we're doing right now. I I really love Herb, and I'm actually in the same boat as Samson as saying, like, hey, let's start Precious over Gary. But I do think the shot making is something that's necessary for this Raptors team this year if we're starting them tomorrow. Um whether it be off the bench or whether it be starting. So I, I do think that is a necessary kind of like archetype of a player that's ne- that's needed on this team. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Gary, but I don't like it. You know? I don't like that I'm picking <laughs> Doesn't
0: feel it makes it feel dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel good.
2: Doesn't feel good.
0: Uh how about Gary Trent okay, I don't see how he loses this, but let's see. Gary Trent Jr. or Kara Silver. Oh yeah, Gary. Yeah. Okay, I had to put that there because... Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. he's so
1: interesting. Such a strange collection of movements and talents. Herky Jerk. Yeah, Herky Jerk, Amoebic. But he just (laughs) does not put it together often enough. Like he... Man, sometimes he just wows the hell out of me with with some incredible playmaking or, you know, he'll break dudes down. But it's just like mentality... Not to do the psychoanalyzing thing, right? But <laughs> mentality and how you approach the game is so important to your outcomes. And Karis, there's a lot of decision-making gaffes. And at least Gary's is like, it's the same decision. It's to shoot the ball. And so at least you just get that. Like Gary is not, well, outside of Gary, like taking it to the rim and transition. That can be tough a little bit. But Gary... Rarely are you gonna throw your hands up the decision, the decision making from game to game because you kind of know what you're getting. And last year, what you were getting was a good play. Harris probably did not qualify as such last year, unfortunately.
2: I think Karras is a very big ball stopper too. So if we're if we're talking like Gary has his moments like that, that's not to say Gary's that he just, doesn't.
1: He's throwing up there. Dude. Yeah, like, but he's he's, he's, the he's just
2: trying rocket launcher type. You know, yeah, he's just trying to let it fly. But like. Karis has a lot of moments where he he'll stop the ball and then he'll go into this 10-second ISO type of play, and that's just that's nerve-wracking. I absolutely hate that. So I I'm gonna go with Gary.
0: (laughs) Yeah, okay. So Gary Trent or Norman Powell Bringing it back.
1: (laughs) Wow, the throwback. Just I imagine and you know, it typically does come back to this for me. But Norman Powell has been, nobody has said it out loud really, only a few people, but he has been the NBA's best bench scorer for like three years. Yeah. Run him off a pin down, he will turn the corner, he'll punch a gap, dude, and then he'll bang (laughs) it on a big's head, or he will catch the ball, spot up. If the guy cheats it, he'll backtrack it turn it into a flare and the same it's the same problem is like will he punch the gap will he hit the three he hits every catch and shoot three he kind of works some pick and roll craft into his game he can pull up a little bit there's a little bit of isolation in there too norm is undoubtedly a bit like a significantly better offensive player than gary but Gary is the better defender because he actually cares about defense as currently constructed. Yeah. Norm is just there for the vibes. So that's like a. So are that's you like picking, a... are you picking Gary or Norm? Dude, that is that is like a, a coin toss for me. Norm, man, I bet Norm, he could very well be like a big piece on a championship winner this year. So I, I got to go with Norm probably. But Norm gets paid more currently you know so he's (laughs) the market reflects that so i don't feel too bad about it and gary is way younger if you if you tell me like who do i want on their next contract probably gary yeah this year though give me norm (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i think i think
2: under the same idea i would probably go norm but that's because of what the Raptors need Gary to do on offense is what you know Norm can do currently on offense. So I'm, I am I keep going back to like, okay, what a, what how does this player fit on the Raptors? And if we're going based off this year, a guy that Samson just described perfectly as a guy who can do all these things is, is what you hope Gary Trent Jr. can one day do um, on top of the rim pressure stuff that he already adds. And I don't think Gary will get... That much better in that area, or get to the level Norm was. So, yeah, I, I guess going Norm as well. That's a that's a tough one, though. That's a tough it's, one. You know, the trade
1: happened and all that, but yeah, I, I understand why Raptors fans take the victory laps. <laughs> yeah, because it seems like they have team control of Gary for years, but. We'll see what Gary's next contract... And I hate doing the contract thing, but if you're comparing players, then that always comes into it. But it's like, how much better was Gary on this contract versus Norm on his? And that's typically the value when you look at like trades, is the immediate contract thing. And well, also, there's the overlay of, do you think you'd be able to get this player in-house if you didn't trade for him? Do you think, you know, free agency Gary Trent Jr. comes to the Raptors? Do we think that he'll even stick around? Yeah, like the extension. I there's uh, like player option. will question mark question mark question mark. Yeah, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gary I probably think, wants a bigger bag. So
0: I think where people think that the Raptors won that trade is because Norm is not even on Portland anymore. So they just feel like it was just they just traded Gary <laughs> just to trade Gary. <laughs> Portland, Portland
1: was like geriatric dude. Yeah. I don't, like, and I don't blame them either. They're like, hey, we have Dame Lillard, and Dame Lillard was like, no, you don't. And they're like, oh, uh, it's tough to be this team without you, dude. We This was with you in mind. We got Robert Covington. You know, you like Robert Covington. Surely you do. He's like OG, oh, but not as good at a- anything. <laughs> you said you liked OG. And then Robert Covington, they're like, well, we don't need Robert Covington anymore because we're actually interested in being bad at basketball. And then Dame was like, do you guys want to be good again for me? And then yeah, it's just everything's up in the air there. Apparently Keon Johnson had a nice summer. Yeah. Maybe that's oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like Keon. Good good job, Keon. Good <laughs> I really I really wanted the Raptors
2: to take a take a swing at him, but it's what it is. Keon Johnson. He
0: worked out for us, right? Mm-hmm. Keon Johnson, yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so next name. OG Ananobi. Okay. Do you want OG or Lou Dort?
1: OG. OG. Very George is a fire hydrant, though, dude. He rocks, but he <laughs> yeah. does not rock nearly as hard as OG. No, I mean, yeah.
2: I, it's funny that this is kind of the same thing with uh, with Norm and Gary. It's like you hope that Lou can eventually do some of the things that OG can do on offense and defense. So, like, yeah, it's it's OG.
0: Okay, OG or Jalen Brown?
2: Hoo-wee! That's a fun one. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and, for this Raptors team, say Jalen Brown. Um, it's 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 going to be a tough one. And I understand the off-ball mishaps, the dribbling with <laughs> – can't dribble with your left. I understand that. But, hey, OG also struggles with his handle every now and then. It's not oh, like yeah. he's the most adept shot creator for himself yet either in isolation. Um, I think Jalen Brown is who I would pick. It's a tough one. I know. I feel like Samson's going to go OG, and,
1: and, but I, I'm going to sit to my gun. I'm going to say Jalen. Okay. So the understanding here, I hope any Celtics fans who are watching understand that I don't perceive Jalen Brown as the 22nd best player in the league.
2: I perceive him. Hey, I'd like to clarify that as well. I've, I've, I've hammered it a million times that he's not that he's, he ain't got, that. he's not that guy, pal. So Sorry. I'll go ahead. Say,
1: I know the perception would be that I'm about to pick like the 44th best player in the NBA over the 22nd best. And I'm here to tell you, I do not agree with your worldview in this sense. I think I'm picking what people should conceive as the 44th best player in the NBA over like the 37th. And it's because I'm imagining a Raptors defense that is completely dependent on players paying attention to their teammates getting beat (laughs) and (laughs) feel responsible for a form of rotation. And I'm imagining Jalen Brown being asked, like, pay attention to it all so you know who to rotate for because sometimes the rotation is two rotations away. That's the way it works. Sometimes you're bringing the dude, he's bringing the dude, and then you're shooting off, and there's the dude over there. And Jalen Brown has not given any any inclination that he cares about off-ball defense in the slightest. I imagine At he all. would blow up true. actions for the Raptors. And so I think in a in a vacuum, Jalen Brown is the better player. However, comma I do not think that he would make this Raptors team better than OG does. Plus, OG could still pop, dude. He could still pop.
0: There's hope. <laughs> 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 okay, next one. OG or mikhail Bridges?
2: OG. OG. Exactly.
0: OG. Yeah. OG. I'm, yeah. I don't know. I, Phoenix I think, Suns. I think. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No. Go ahead, Matt. Go ahead. You get... No. Just I was just saying, like the Phoenix Suns fans, I see on their Twitter, they they laugh at the idea that people say that OG is better. So it's interesting that you guys were just like, nope, OG. So I, I'd just like to hear well, your take because, on
2: that. It's because he's their OG, you know, yeah, he's yeah. their beloved, you know what I mean? Like guy that they love goofball type off the court that just has this two-way ability. I mean, not necessarily two-way because the offensive stuff is coming, but like their defensive anchor in a lot of ways on the wings. So I, I don't know. I, I think... It's clearly OG for me. I think the shot making, the catch and shoot stuff is much better for OG. I think the ability to kind of be this bully ball type of guy that Samson has talked about ad nauseum that kind of just can get to the rim and be this post player who can create a little bit in the post. I think those are some areas that Mikhail Bridges just does not have. And for that reason, I go I go OG.
1: And also the thing is, like Mikhail Bridges... Makes really great decisions in the Phoenix set actions. He did not play in a read and react offense like OG does. Imagining my getting the isolations that are forced on OG and Pascal. they like, hey, create. I know Phoenix Suns, when they like fans, when they compare these two players, they like say, like, I don't know what unassisted rate is. You know, like, that <laughs> doesn't exist. But it's like one of these players is asked to create significantly more than the other. And one of them is running like pin downs off of, you know, like a, this Spain action that involves Chris Paul and Devin Booker that the other team is literally like pissing their pants trying to defend. And then Michael Bridges is like, oh, a little catch and a little drop dribble to the rim. Or maybe I'd shoot like this little midi. Yeah, it's just a different ask. But Michael also rocks. It just uh, he has a very friendly context currently. And the Raptors were like, hey, OG, if you want to score, do it against everybody. You know, not. It's just, it's different.
0: Okay, next one. OG R J Barrett.
1: OG,
2: I'm I'm going OG pretty easily. I I just finished up a video on R J, and that's gonna be coming out on Friday, folks. But oh, nice. um, it, it's I think I think it's very easily OG for me. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that R J has to still get better. Um, especially offensively. I I don't think the the difference offensively is that crazy. Uh, and, you know, in terms of the shooting, they're both good shooters, but OG is a better shooter. Uh, Creation-wise, I think they're, they both have miles and miles to kind of take leaps in. Um, I think RJ is a guy that needs to get set up a lot. And right now, I would say OG is probably a guy who can do a little bit more for himself than RJ can. So I would say... Pretty clearly OG. And on top of that, look, OG is is the better defender. I think RJ has gotten better on defense and he's New York's, you know, premier wing defender. But for the Raptors, it's
1: it's very, very easily. OG. Yeah, I'm taking OG as well. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if RJ ends up a better player. But uh, yeah, I would be surprised if he's a better player this year. Hmm.
0: So the Raptors essentially. I, I,
1: I, look, I'm,
2: and I'm saying like the RJ and look in the video, I'm saying RJ's prime for a breakout season. It's just if he can kind of seize the moment and take the take advantage of like this current roster construction that he has playing with another point guard, um finally a point guard who can kind of create for him, have you know be a floor spacer, etc. like all that is going to be great context for RJ. Um he probably will have a better season than he did last year even though he did improve as well, but yeah, I'm still I'm still taking OG man.
0: That's interesting how the Raptors' fourth best player technically give or take is better than the Knicks second best player. Third best player, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> oh, who's, who's, who's the second uh, Jalen Brunson?
2: No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying the Raptors third best player. OG is the Raptors third best player. This is what we
1: talked about at the party, man.
0: Oh, I got, I, yo, I everyone looked at me like I was a ghost when I said, I like Scotty over OG which which is fine like in a you say like yeah.
1: Yeah, I want Scotty for the future. I want to invest <laughs> possession into Scotty. I think Scotty gets to yep. that point. Yes. But OG can's triples. Finishes everything at the rim and defends the hell out of his position. It's just tough to be better than that guy without jumping into all-star status.
0: Okay, who's yeah. a, who's a better rebounder?
1: Um, ah <laughs> uh, like during the regular season it's it's probably scotty but we've seen og as like og held down a front court in the celtic series like he and pascal held down like that og is a very underrated rebounder
0: but who, who's who's better scotty or og
1: i think that scotty i is mean positioned closer to the rim in offensive actions and gets to hunt them yeah. um, whereas og is positioned above the breaker in the corner for spacing purposes whereas scotty's typically dunker spot or at the elbows so uh, I think the skill of rebounding, OG. I, I would say that they're about the same. OG is OG is a tremendous rebounder.
0: So, is, okay, who's a better ball handler?
1: Who's a better ball handler? Scotty. Scotty is the better ball yeah. handler.
0: Yeah. Okay, who's the be- <laughs> who's the better playmaker? <laughs> Scotty. 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 Yeah. So you're you're basing you're saying OG is better than Scotty because he is a better three point shooter and defender.
1: Well, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. And like, yeah. like OG is very important to the health of the Raptors' offense, in the same way that you know Gary Trent Jr. is, for in some respects, right? Is like you need spacing to some degree. OG is a guy who not only does he space well, but he can take advantage of a weak side zone that's not going to count for a cutter. OG can take like OG when he gets downhill. He's a really good passer. On laydowns or out to the corner and stuff like that, like he play makes in that sense because he gets advantages because of his three point shot. That Scotty really doesn't like Scotty mm-hmm. getting an isolation and being way better at isolating than OG for the record. But an isolation that the defense is more or less okay with giving up versus OG like a pump and drive where the defense is like everybody shift over, we have to rotate. And then like a little dump off to Precious or Cam or maybe Scotty for a dunk is just like, they have different avenues to success currently. And OG, when he's not being stretched into all the isolation stuff, is just like this, he's this hemorrhage of really efficient offense. Like if if he just plays his role, you may get like between 17 and 20 points per game on 60 plus true shooting percentage. It's it's just really easy for OG to be overwhelmingly positive on both ends, but I wouldn't if I'm selecting a guy for the future though I wouldn't pick Scotty, but I wouldn't be surprised if OG has a more positive impact this season. You mean you would? I I wouldn't pick Scotty the other way. You say? You mean you would? Yeah, I pick Scotty for the future. Did I say? I, yeah, I, I, I don't like know Freudian, if you did, but I didn't catch you. No one clip it as such.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think, I think there's a like given what we know, given how the Raptors talked on media day uh, about you know giving more reps to Scottie, giving him the ball more. I think there is a chance that Scottie can be better this season, but it would just take a like Samson said, an All Star type leap and if that happens sure great but right now like as september 27th 2022 it's it's og who's the the better player
0: man i respect your guys opinion you guys have good points but i can't i can't see it
1: it's totally okay to disagree (laughs) yeah yeah i can't see it
0: i just feel like the same argument like that you say like og's not that far behind scotty in that sense i think scotty this season we could see him not be that far behind on the defensive end. We might you know what I mean? Like we might Maybe, yeah, we might not see him as far behind as a three point shooter. It took OG a while to get better at the three point shot. I just think OG is
2: OG is very far ahead in terms of the three point shot, in my opinion, um, just because of what he can do as a catch and shoot player that Scotty has not honed in on yet. And look, that's fine. He's literally entering year two. It's not like we're expecting him to be that type of player yet, but at the same time, uh, I think OG is a much better shooter. I think In terms of the defensive side of the ball og is like individually in a vacuum the raptors best defender probably right and maybe some may argue fred some may say pascal but like i think in terms of one-on-one perimeter defense there's not a guy you're picking other than og to guard the opposing guy's best player is scotty gonna get there tomorrow next year i
1: feel like that's a big ask um so yeah, I also I don't think like OG is all defense level. He yeah. he should have he should have been picked prior. He should have been picked in the the shortened 2020 season. He he or he or Mark should have been picked. P- probably both to be yeah. quite honest with you. He's at that level. Scotty has to improve measurably like all over as far as defending to get close to that because the difference between OG and like a, a marginally positive defender, which is what Scotty ended up being, is a chasm. Like we saw OG step out on Trey Young, Trey Young not beat him, and then get blocked on his jumper. Like keeping like the like keeping up with that dude, and then closing the space to block it, and then the next time Trey came down the court, he tried to get to the rim, and OG blocked him at the bucket. Like that's Trey Young. Nobody hangs with this dude. Certainly not Scotty. And Scotty probably will never. He's just a different type of defender than OG one-on-one. And OG also, like this is way back when I was doing not the Scotty deep dives, but the OG deep dives defensively, this dude suppresses superstar like LeBron when he plays against OG. He takes less shots. Paul George takes less shots. Jason Tatum takes less shots. When OG's on you, you take less shots because you're not gonna beat him as often as you beat other players. And then off ball, the importance of OG, and fans will see it this year, and they've seen it years before, is like, when he tags or when he guards the nail or when he's being a ball hawk above the break, he blows up possession after possession. He's just, he's such a good defender. If Scotty gets to that level, not only this year, but in his career, I will be so impressed with scotty like scotty if he gets considering what he might end up doing offensively who knows the way that dude grows if he gets to all defense level that's an mvp right yeah Sheesh. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah yeah it's just og is so good at the <laughs> unspoken stuff basically
0: all right so sorry we went off on a tangent there i'm sorry okay <laughs> Okay, that last one for OG, and then we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about Scotty, and then we're gonna talk about Pascal's comparisons. So, OG or Michael Porter Jr.
1: Fully OG. healthy,
2: Michael Porter Jr. Well, yeah, going I can into just, this I can year, just yeah. say
1: OG, because I already did like the whole like I was like, let me tell you about this guy. So I'll just say like, <laughs> hey, revert, revert back to like the explanation I already gave yeah i would take og over mpj
2: i think i think i would too um i think mpj has a long way to go defensively um and that's just because his back has like sciatica like whatever it's called right it's just insane sciatica Sciatica, thank you um yeah so no his his defense needs a lot of work and on the other uh, on the other side like michael porter jr is a really tremendous shooter but og can shoot og can be your catch and shoot guy as well so i'm gonna i'm gonna pick og on that end
0: and uh, next guy here my beloved son Scotty Barnes Um, (laughs) Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley I hate you man I hate you so much Uh, you're
2: going to make us they're going to come with pitchforks and knives and and fire and all that (laughs) into our mentions god damn it Um, we're just saying for this season right then I'm gonna I'm gonna be very safe here and say Scotty Barnes. Uh, <laughs>
0: that means you wanted to say <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not gonna think, I'm not gonna pull it out.
2: No, no. I think in the future there's a very good chance that like Mobley becomes the better player. Uh, I think that's fair to say. Um, w- like when if it happens, there's so many like ifs ands and buts about it. Like you know what I mean? Like there's there's potential in every type of scenario for them to for their careers to go one way or the other. But I think right now. Man, but on the Raptors, Mobley. Oh, Ooh, that'd that's be nasty. A, that's such a tough situation because he would solve so many different scenarios <laughs> for them. They wouldn't have to play as chaotic of a defensive style. They could still switch on every scenario. There's still playmakers. Pascal can do whatever. There's a lob threat for Van Vliet. God damn it. <sighs>
0: that's a tough one.
2: I'm still gonna go Scotty. I'm still gonna go. I'm stu- I'm gonna Listen, pick Scotty. But yeah. It's yeah, yeah. Listen, you know, I'm done. I'm just done.
1: <laughs> I'll say Mobley. Okay. Okay. All I'm right. not a coward. All right. But let me let me say this. Though. I think Mobley is headed into the Hall of Fame. That does not dissent upon Scotty. Like I don't I don't care about Raptors Twitter. Like finding B-ball index defensive versatility grades. It's like yeah, <laughs> give, give something a letter grade, dude. They're like, yeah, oh, well, he was like an A+. It's like, what the hell does that mean to me? I watched every game. What are you saying, dude? Like, everybody on the Raptors is an A+, in defensive versatility. And, like, Mobley's a better defender. And, you know, Mobley's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Scotty could as well. I just feel Mobley is just such a a home run, dude. That dude is so big, Mm -hmm. so good with his foot speed, so good at, you know, keeping up with bigs, with his length. Keeping up with guards, with not being as fast, but being agile with length. You know, the jumper, if you feel like Scotty will develop a jumper, don't be biased. Say that Mobley probably will as well. Mobley isn't as creative off the bounce. He's not more creative than Scotty, but he's more creative than most 6'11 big men who come into the league. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, I don't care about saying that I think Mobley will be better than Scotty. Mobley was selected before him the raptors if they had a chance to because scotty surprised everybody if the Raptors had a chance to select mobley they would don't think they would have taken that dude yeah they would i can't like these are two guys who are just so surefire gonna be stars i'm just like mobley is gonna have an awesome year on the Cavs. and mobley would simplify a lot of things for the raptors and i don't feel bad about that because that doesn't mean scotty's bad scotty is still i just don't want to get star. murdered that's yeah, what i don't yeah. want to do i don't want to get mur- Listen, no but but man, but you're, you're right in your dms bro you just gotta yeah. you know that's yeah, what's s- happening swat them away <laughs> yeah um <laughs> mind you this the good news this podcast is a long podcast so this is buried yeah. unless mac if you click <laughs> me out saying i'm taking over <laughs> which you might
0: i'm just gonna I put that once
1: <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah i won't even i won't even put context to it you just put it.
2: I think I think from the way that I explained it, you guys can tell that, like, I obviously want to say an answer that I'm still not going to say. I, I'm, I'm leaning. You know, I have cowardice. I'm a coward. OK, that's what it is. But yeah, I'll also I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. But I okay. totally agree. I mean, Mobley is Mobley is that guy, man. Mobley is him.
1: We'll do a lighter one. Things, by oh, way, yeah? Can I just say mm-hmm. there's people who are going to be upset about us saying Mobley over Barnes. Sorry, me saying it. You didn't say it, okay? Um, But there's going to be people who are mad at me saying that who also signed, like, the Deport Pascal thing, right? It's just like, I don't care what you think, people. I've seen what makes you cheer. Boo at me all you want. Yeah, fair
2: enough.
0: (laughs) Okay, next one. This is another big debate on uh, NBA Twitter. Scotty Barnes or Franz Wagner?
2: I think Franz is is severely underrated and I don't know why. I actually I do know why, but you know Raptors Twitter is like anybody who is in opposition is, you know, immediately hated, right? So yeah. that's how it is, but I think Franz is incredibly talented. I would still pick Scotty. Um because I think the creation ability of Scotty is just like leaps and bounds. Not leaps and bounds. Franz can do some creation as well, but like just creating for others, playmaking. That's that's something that I enjoy in a basketball player. And in terms of like personal preference, I'm gonna definitely go Scotty on here. So.
1: so, at risk of sounding like another, you know, white dude on Twitter, Franz rocks. You know, not like another (laughs) white dude in particular, but just like white dudes kind of like hovering toward you and saying like, Franz, Wagner, Wagner, you know? But Franz is really great. And actually, like, you know, it's good to disagree on podcasts. It makes it more exciting. I disagree with Esther about the creation. I think that Franz is better equipped to kind of ramp up his creation than Scotty, maybe, in the half court. But Scotty's playing on a team... Where he's gonna run out and transition, day gum, and he's gonna yeah, playmaking yeah. transition, and Scotty's gonna keep eating glass, and he's gonna do things that Franz doesn't do, and Franz is gonna do things that Scotty doesn't do. But I also think that Scotty has a higher defensive potential, and I think that Scotty, and this this isn't to say he's gonna be at OG's level. I'm not, you know, going back on what I said earlier. But I think that Scotty <laughs> is on pace to improve from last year, where he was already a positive defender, to an even more positive defender this year, and I don't. And he's already playing winning basketball. Maybe the Magic make that jump this year. Maybe they're super interesting. Maybe they're last year's Cavs. Who knows? But I think that Scotty is playing more meaningful minutes. And despite Franz being better at some stuff, I still take Scotty because of what Scotty is good at. currently.
2: I think like shot making is also a big thing here. Like Franz is is you know like and, I mean look what, look what look what he did in Eurobasket,
1: too. right? Sorry, yeah, and different yeah, different types, types, of types. too. Like yep. Franz is like you know. You you go under on the on the what well, you know it's a different three point line of course but it's like you go under on the pick and roll and Franz is like that hard stop up. dribble yeah. pull like like what Darius Garland does where it's like you you know it's like mm-hmm. a snatch back without snatching it's the pickup snatch back and Franz does that that's a really elite move especially for a guy of his size but also like Franz will cut through a defense if there's gaps but if there's not a gap Franz got to pass it out if yeah. there's in a the gap Scotty's gonna just. Bash through the brick wall dude Pumble. He's gonna find a way in yeah mm-hmm. they're different players but they both rock but yes, yeah, scotty
0: okay so scotty barnes or ben simmons
1: oh for this year ben is gonna be better that's an that's an all nba defender who's surrounded by kyrie and and like considering his on-ball skills surrounded by kyrie KD, seth curry joe harris you know tj warren he the amount of like grab and go stuff where he's just gonna like jog it up the court and pass it to a dude and get an assist, and then it's gonna get to the point where it's like okay they cheat towards the pass and he's just like dum 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 mm-hmm. like and just flush it. And Ben is a really good cutter. You're working off of yeah. Kyrie and KD like that's and that's not as like it's not bad of Scotty to not be better than an all star level player this year and assuming an health, yeah. Yeah. yeah, as long as as long as Ben is like feeling good and isn't like, oh my god, the idea of basketball is like giving me depression and I can't do it, which is valid. I understand why he felt that way. But if he's not in that headspace, if he's like hell yeah, let me game, yeah, then like yeah, that dude is an all star and like back better than Pascal. <laughs> back uh,
2: back injuries are always like a weird thing because they could keep reoccurring so like if ben is fully healthy i totally agree and i think a lot of the like skill set wise what you see in scotty uh is what you would think ben would be and that's not a disrespect to scotty at all i think the thing is that we want to make sure that scotty can can improve on the shot making side of things can he get better and better as a shot maker, as a creator for himself in where Simmons kind of veered off the path there and kind of became more of a, okay, hey, he's a great defender, but he creates for others. Can't really create his own shot that way. He, he, he's not going to be a pull up shooter, et cetera. All those skills that we want. Scotty to get better at, and we kind of project Scotty to get better at. So it's like, can Scotty end up in the future being a refined, more offensively talented version of Ben Simmons? Hell yeah, I think so. But right now,
1: yeah, it's it's Ben Simmons. I bet I bet Samson's like,
2: hmm, hmm I let will me say-, say.
1: We're on comparison eighteen. Let me say, comparison <laughs> is the thief of joy. Yes, if you've been enjoying this. Shame on you. <laughs>
0: uh so scotty barnes or draymond green oh i mean assuming health (laughs) assuming health uh
2: yeah that's a tough one i look i i i really really do like i think draymond is the best defender ever um i think he's legit like the smartest most intelligent anchor i have ever seen on a basketball court um so, I would probably go Draymond. Wow. Yeah. If we're assuming health, man, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. He, you know, if he can... His
1: sciatica. Damn it. You you obviously didn't watch the 1946 season of Marcus Fink's <laughs> best defender I ever seen. Yeah, I'm taking Draymond. He's just... He's too good at defense. Uh, and he's also... Draymond has gravity as a passer, which... I know everybody kind of deservedly, it's like, LMAO, look at what happens when Draymond's on the short roll and the other team is like, come on, baby, shoot it. I'm ready okay. to rebound. And they just turn around like this, you know? That's funny. But Draymond is still probably giving you more positive impact than Scotty this year.
0: I, I see people, how much longer that lasts. I see people made the argument that Draymond on any other squad wouldn't be as impactful as he is with the Warriors. Now, do you think there's any weight in that?
1: There's some probably you. you yeah. With Curry, you get to do things from a schematic standpoint, offensively that you don't really get to do elsewhere. Like Draymond Green, if he's playing with you know Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham, <laughs> who Cade is going to be great, but it's like you're running a split action. You know, the other team like, okay, like it, maybe maybe Killian comes off and he hits like an above the break, break three, maybe Cade does it, but they're kind of chilling. They're not going to. spasm and be like okay wait 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 and blow a coverage and then like Draymond passes to Cade like with a back cut or whatever it's just playing with Clay and Steph and you know over the next couple years Steph and like Poole and Kaminga and he's going to get to make a lot of passes that he wouldn't be able to make elsewhere but I also still think like if you put Draymond in the middle of the Raptors defense that would be something else
2: You know, offensively, where else Draymond would be fun? And I think it's kind of just like copy and paste, but with less uh, talented players. Portland, I think that Mm -hmm. would be very like something Mm -hmm. that's similar because you got Dame, you got Anthony Simons, you have Jeremy Grant that he can play off of. Like that would be a a fun spot as well. But like that's just that's just me thinking of where he can, you know,
1: that would be really interesting because the Warriors have one of the best pick and roll players in the league in staff. Mm-hmm. and he does not run a lot of pick and roll they're just doing off ball actions yeah but dame dame is all pick and roll yeah and you ask him like hey we want you cutting off ball we want you doing this he's gonna look he's gonna give you a disc. <laughs> you know so like draymond draymond is just the short roll king he's not like the the split action king but i, I guess if you got like dame and anfernee to buy into that it could be buy awesome. into the to the way that the yeah. warriors play yeah yeah Amy can't run pick and roll anymore, though.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next one, Scotty Barnes or DeMar DeRozan. Very different players. That's a very uh picked
1: players that people argue about. This (laughs) is what you did. You picked (laughs) the players that you're like, oh yeah, I see people go to bat for this guy. Yeah. I want. And and you know people go to bat for everybody on the Raptors. Like Raptors Twitter. Yeah. They carry the bat. They're you know. ready, <laughs> and you're like, I want to put these guys in a situation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't. know. Yeah, I yeah, mean, Demar. Yeah, I think Damar I think Demar is the better player
2: right now. But it's just so weird to say because, like, they're completely different players. Like, uh, po- polar opposite sides of the spectrum. But like, yeah, I guess it would be Demar. You know what I mean? It's like I I don't even feel right saying it's like yeah, it's Demar, but
0: like are we are we doing this comparison right now? You know, yeah, yeah. I I knew that was going to do that because Demar. I'm I'm thinking of it in the aspect when you put Scotty at the three and you have Demar at the three. Who would you rather at that spot
1: if you're the Raptors right now? Yeah. So I I take Demar, but it's just interesting because the start of these comparisons with Scotty is like his. The people who came out of the same draft class as him, and then like this all NBA level defender in him. <laughs> and then it's like quite literally just flipped the other side of the screen. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. an offensive powerhouse who could not be remotely interested in defending an action. You know, it's just kind of like. You know, it's like, oh yeah, all these like guys who do similar things to you know Scotty, and let's look at the margins. And then it's like these two players are nothing alike.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <Really? Yeah. laughs> I did that purposely because I know every player that I named, like you said, they're pretty similar more or less. Yeah. And I wanted to flip it on his head to see where you guys' mindset is as far as how to build the Raptors' core core rotation.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would take them on. Yeah, and not going into the future, I wouldn't. But <laughs> Hey, give me the DeRozan. and that guy's pretty great. Yep.
0: Alright, let's r- let's rapid fire these uh Siakam ones. So Pascal or Zion?
2: Fully healthy, I'm taking Zion, man. Yeah.
1: I'm taking Zion as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, Pascal or Carl Anthony Towns.
1: Give me Pascal.
2: I <laughs> <laughs> I know this. Yeah. I,
1: you gotta you gotta take Pascal. Because Pascal is just the best player on the Raptors. He's all NBA. He orchestrates offense. Cat, without like, Cat is such a, an incredible amalgamation of talent. Certainly has more than Pascal. But how you implement that talent and what the roster construction looks like, Pascal makes so much of what the Raptors do go. Yeah. And so many different things hit a red light as soon as that's Cat instead. I want to see those guys play together. That's that like would be my dream fun. front court of all time is Cat and Pascal. It's that that's what I want to see more than anything in the world. But yeah, I, I go Pascal. He's too important.
0: Pascal or Jimmy Butler.
2: I like that comp. I like that the the, the comparison right there. I for one season I'm probably going Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's tough to say like exactly why but i think getting to the line is a huge aspect to this um i think the fact that he is really good on defense still is a big factor this is it's not like it's going to be a massive drop off for me um and i think you know yeah i i think jimmy butler is just kick ass man he's just awesome and pascal is really good too this is a tough one i'm not like i'm not saying it's very clear but i'd probably go jimmy butler
1: so this is interesting because i talked to you know, Nikaias Duncan isn't really a Miami guy at this point. He's a league-wide writer, but I talked to him about Miami, and I asked this. I said, I think that these this is the comp for Pascal. If you were going to create a comp ever between who is the most similar among stars to Pascal, it's Jimmy Butler. They're both such basketball players, the way they work in the middle of the floor, playmake from there, kind of grind in tight spaces, defend, go downhill. It's just there's a lot of similarities in how they operate. Jimmy is a little bit quicker, but he doesn't have the same length. So he has different passing angles. He does more jump passes on the interior. Pascal does more like laydowns with length and that kind of stuff. But they both make a ton of shots in that, that middle area of the court where it's like some people wouldn't consider it mid-range or they call it short mid-range or whatever. But I think Pascal, this is an interesting question because this might be the year that Pascal surpasses Jimmy mm-hmm. <laughs> but every year prior to this it's been Jimmy Jimmy has been you know like a top 12 player just sitting there in Miami just and doing it's like the thing over and over again
2: who because like both of these guys have had inconsistent shooting seasons right like pascal had his all nba season where he was just incredible from from behind the arc you know you he obviously had a little bit of a little bit of a bounce back the catch and shoot is an area he's developing jimmy has had seasons where he's been back and forth so it's like that to me that could be a swing skill between these two where it's like all right whichever one of these guys has a better shooting season you know is the
1: better who, player who, yeah who, who wants it The three-pointers this year but for, yeah. <laughs> for one season yeah, let me say let me say Jimmy then probably just for one season. But I would not be surprised if Pascal were better this season. Yeah.
0: Hmm. <clears throat> okay, I'm gonna skip one of the ones I put in because I think it's gonna be a sweep there. Let's <laughs> do the final one. This one is a fun one. Pascal or prime Chris Bosch.
1: Pascal. Yeah, Pascal, man. Pascal. Although yeah. like I I adore Chris Bosch's game. Because he was so underrated for so long It's, you know Chris Bosch is the exact player Nowadays, who if Twitter The way that Twitter has kind of Developed since the early days of Twitter When Bosch was popping off And was becoming intriguing, and then Bosch kind of set the standard For what a defender Like Mobley looks like Yeah, The defender that The type of defenders that everyone Freaks the hell out about now The type of offensive player who could scale up in a moment but then scaled down because he had more talented teammates he you know he did all the in-between stuff and he sacrificed you know KG gets a lot of love for that Bosch did it at a lower level to be sure but Bosch was kind of he's ignored in some respects but I also think Pascal is a better player but I, I, I do just want to say like Bosch man that dude did not get the love that he deserves and still doesn't get the love he deserves is being, you know, like a seminal figure for big men mm-hmm. today. I think the
2: tagline for Bosch nowadays and like you mentioned, I'd be Twitter, but I feel like I see this tweet all the time. It's like, man, if Chris Bosch played in this era because people would yeah. love him, uh, people would he would be beloved. Like all the things that Samson mentioned, there's just so much versatility that comes with a guy like Chris Bosch. And I think an underrated part about his career is the ability to sacrifice because you know not a lot of players can go into a situation playing with LeBron and Dwayne Wade and be like, hey, cool, I'm just gonna not be the the 20 plus point game scorer I was in Toronto for seven straight seasons. You know, so I, I think I think it is Pascal, but I think like if I'm if I'm picking Prime Bosch, and I'm assuming for for both you guys, Prime Bosch is Raptors Bosch, right? Yeah. We assume, is is that what we're assuming? Like, what year are we picking for, for prime Bosch here? I, w- I would say I would that prime Bosch is a,
1: a Miami, Miami year, probably. You,
0: you think like over Miami, the 20, 20, 20 and 10 Bosch in, in Toronto?
1: didn't revolutionize defense in Toronto.
0: Yeah, that's true. In those yeah. Years. yeah Bosch, that's true. And
1: Bosch, like, just nobody really knew what it looked like for your five blow up a pick and roll action and like chase a guy, you know, sidestep out with him to the sideline and then recover for like a, a, you know, rotation to the rim. And then for that guy to also run through like dribble handoff reads and then also to like run pick and pop. And it's just like, he got to do so much of the future facing stuff with Miami. The number, the numbers were gaudier with Toronto for sure. But I think just he, he became the top 75 player with Miami. Yeah, that's, what that's I fair.
2: I think like the, the reason I ask which one we're talking about here is because he was he, I don't think he was as good of a creator um, in Toronto. He was just very much more of a standstill guy, like not standstill, but like he could create his own shot off the high block and go from there and kind of be that offensive hub for you in a in an age where like people didn't necessarily consider that as a way to be a, a central hub. But at the same time, in Miami, he just became so much more versatile in what he could do, both offensively and defensively. So, I don't know. I was I was just asking which one you guys consider his prime. It's not really a an answer to this, but I'm still taking Pascal either way. So,
0: okay, that's some yep. good comparisons there. I think we are wrapping up. That was uh, I don't even know how long it was. <laughs> but it was a good one. Um, thank you guys so much for joining me. You guys did a hell of a job. You let me sit back, pick your guys' brains, and you guys you just had a you just were great guests, you know. You guys were very prepared, even though some of my stuff were curveballs. And I hope it was fun for you guys and for the people tuning in. Any final thoughts?
1: Yeah, if you like I should have said this at the start. Damn it. But hey man, keep tuning in to Mac all season long. Yeah. going to have a big year in coverage. He's going to come hang out with us in Toronto and probably do some game stuff, you know, get in around the Raptors and the 905 and all that kind of stuff. So just stay tuned with him, not just this year, but just his career as a person who covers sports. He's one of the best doing it. Just stay tuned. Things <laughs> are happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to double down on that.
2: Um, you know, it's it's really cool to see – like rr raptors republic just continue to like pump out just great people you know it's 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 actually pretty incredible so shout out to mac put this in the beginning man somehow (laughs) copy and paste this and throw this at the front and just like you know hey listen to these guys rave about me but yeah no support max support what he does and and obviously listen to the podcast and whatnot um you know shout out to samson as well he's gonna be doing his thing this year mr on the on the ground in the ground, um, but yeah,
0: yeah, that's it. And uh, S, your your episode's coming out Friday on.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, I've got uh, a video on RJ Barrett. So if you're still tuned in, we got something coming up on Friday. But yeah.
0: Nice. So until next time, please remember to like, subscribe, and raise the vibe. Peace. Peace.